Let's do this. Let's do this. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Come on. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Matt Ryan's ready. Tannehill's ready. Everybody in the AFC West is up and ready. Dak's ready. Jalen Hurts is ready. Carson Wentz, even he's ready. Matthew Stafford. Oh, my arm. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney. Coming up, former NFL general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Former Pro Bowl center Eric Wood. Plus your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Hour number two of this show on the air here on our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. Also the home of our near eight-year history of our extensive library of all the guests and all the segments that we've had over eight years of fun here on this program that moves and migrates to the Roku channel starting on Monday. It is going to be a lot of fun there, just like it's always been in every spot that we've been for the almost eight years. And we say hello again to our YouTube streamers today and who've been enjoying watching the show live on our YouTube stream the last couple weeks. But the live version of this show exclusively moving to the Roku channel starting on Monday. And it's going to be great. And the best thing, it's going to be free. And our friends, our new friends at Roku, they've been so supportive. They've been so terrific. We're just as fired up as they are. They're just as fired up as us. And uh, I'm loving it. And you're going to love it as well. Any Roku player, any Roku device, any Samsung smart television, any Amazon Fire TV, any mobile device, you put the Roku app there and the Roku channels on the Roku app. You get it for free. And so many people have said that they stream this show live on a desktop. Guess what? The Roku channel.com. We are free there too. Every day, 12 to 3 Eastern, it's still going to be us folks here and you hopefully there as well. We're still on our Westwood One Terrestrial Radio affiliate network, Coast to Coast. Still on Odyssey. We will have in short order, promise you, information how to follow us and listen to us on Sirius and XM as well. That's going to happen. And I can't wait to bring you that information as well. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Former Buffalo Bill Eric Wood is in town for tonight's kickoff just up the road at SoFi. He's joining us in hour number three. Thomas Dimitrov, the former uh, executive, front office executive uh, in Atlanta and also spent a lot of time in New England. He's going to be joining us in about 20 minutes' time. But we turn to the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line for a man who just uh, – uh, and his Clemson Tigers just beat Georgia Tech in week number one. They're the fifth-ranked team in these United States entering week two of the college football season. He is a newsmaker of the first variety, and he just signed a new contract extension in Clemson. Two-time national champion head coach on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line from Clemson, Dabo Swinney. How you doing, Coach? I'm good, Rich. Good to be with you, man. Hope you're well. I am doing fine. So uh, congrats on the – contract extension how long has this been in the works for yourself well i appreciate it and uh, you know honestly it's something that um uh, our new ad graham neff uh, you know, approached you know my agents about really last december and uh, so something that and i think he just wanted to you know he, he really kind of drove the timing to be honest with you and and uh so just thankful and humbled and um you know, grateful to him and our board and just, you know, all the players and staff that we've had for all the years here and, and uh, to have the opportunity to, you know, call Clemson our home. I've been here since my 20th season mm. and, uh, you know, and my 14th as the head coach. So it's been, a, you know, I've raced, as you said, you've got three kids. I've got three kids and, and uh, yeah. they all have grown up here in Clemson. My baby was born here. And, and so it's been a, 
I got two graduates of Clemson, and, and my youngest just became a freshman. So um, certainly a place that, that uh, we love and uh, just thankful that got the opportunity to continue to do something that I love at a place I love. Well, normally when I'm talking to somebody like yourself with your, of your stature and your resume and you've just signed an extension, uh, a long-term extension, uh, after having been where you are for so long, I would ask how things have changed since you've been there and we all know how they've changed. So I guess my question with college football is how, what do you think it's going to look like in 2030? coach <laughs> i think that's the more valuable question here with the state of affairs don't you think yeah what do you think i, I think it's what's it going to look like in 2024 it's probably more valid uh, you know it's just it's uh it's a, it's a crazy time right now in college athletics a lot of change a lot of unknowns um i do think things are heading in a in a in a, in a good direction i think um you know the, the popularity of the sport's never been better that's for sure and there's there's um, uh, you know, I think certainly some type of major change coming probably structurally sooner than later uh, when it comes to, you know, I think governance structure, how the Power Five is organized, and, uh, you know, we've got expansion coming. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts, um, uh, but people love college football. There's no doubt about that. And, and uh, you know, I think we're well positioned. You know, we, we've been a um, a school that has kept the main thing the main thing for, for years. And, you know, we've been one of the top academic football programs in the country for many years now. And, um, you know, our plan is for that continue to be the case and, and to continue to win at a high level, you know, on and off the field and, you know, have a program that graduates our players and, and, and really, um, you know, builds them and equips them for, for whatever comes next after football and after Clemson and, Make sure they have a good experience and, and make sure we win championships. And it's really that's that really hasn't changed. And but there's a lot of new things to navigate as we go through it. But I do think that again, there's always unintended consequences from from good changes that come about. But um, I think we're heading in a good direction. And uh, you know, honestly, the more chaos, the better, in my opinion, because mm. I think we kind of get there sooner uh, than later, uh, where ultimately I think it's going to be. Well, I mean, um, and I know you're in the midst of a, of a playing season now, uh, and I know you're, you're getting ready uh, for Furman on your schedule, Louisiana Tech, and then your ACC schedule right after that. But this is the first time I have spoken to you since you said that the sport was headed for a complete blow-up, and you called the uh, transfer portal total chaos, uh, referring to it as tampering galore. Um, so that, that would indicate that you thought yeah. that football was headed in the wrong direction. So have you, have you changed your stance on those subject matters? No, 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 no. I still, still, no, no, we still have chaos. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's, it, it it's going to ultimately lead us where, you know, I think it's going. And that is a, a restructuring of, of college football, you know, um, and cause I think college football needs that college football in particular, the power five need a new governance structure. And uh, there's no doubt about that. And I think for the first time, really, since I've been in college athletics, the decision makers, I think, agree with that. And, uh, you know, uh, figuring out what that looks like, I think, is the next step. Um, uh, but, you know, yeah, they're, they're some of the unintended con- – the transfer is good. I, I, the fact that guys can go places, that's great. Uh, but there's a lot of unintended consequences that come with that. And, uh, you know, there is tampering. There is some – 
you know, young people being manipulated and making decisions for, you know, wrong reasons. There's a lot of things that come with it, but the good from it far outweighs the bad. And I think it'll all settle out. Uh, so, yeah, it's chaotic for sure right now. I don't think there's ever been more chaos when it comes to just, you know, where we are um, organizationally, structurally, governance-wise, um, you know, enforcement of rules, uh, the, all those type of things. There's a lot of moving parts. Uh, but I do think that that is going to ultimately drive us to a better place, you know, um, and, and bring about some of the, I think, uh, big changes that need to happen in college football. Well, I mean, those changes would, would probably be easier to implement if there was a smaller subset of schools in its own uh, world to govern yeah. themselves, right? And and yeah. I'm here sure. in Los Angeles, uh, Davo Swinney, otherwise now known as Big Ten Country, which I never thought was possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right? So so the question is, is, is what, let's just say there's a smaller subset of schools, right? And you're part of it. Yeah. And they ask you, what do you think needs to be done to uh, guardrail matters? What What would be your stance on, yeah. say, NIL on that front? Just the guardrail on that. Anything? Yeah. Well, there, and again, there's the NIL is great, um, but you know, there again, uh, in some instances, it's being used in, in a way it's not intended. I think the NIL is another great opportunity for us to to further equip our guys to to be ready for the world. You know, it's a part of the education process, uh, and it's things that we've we've always tried to equip our guys with financial literacy and, and, and you know tax education and all these things. And so now you've got a chance to have some real world application of that, uh, which I think would be good. But um, I think just you know again, if the way you're structured now, um, it, it's just not feasible anymore. And honestly, it's probably been antiquated for a while, but. Um, you know, and I'm not saying. I think there still should be. There's, there's definitely a role for the NCAA. You have to have order. You have to have structure. You, you know, you have to have some type of guidelines and, and rules in place. And without it, it does lead to chaos and uncertainty. And and um, you know, we've got a situation right now in college football where, where it's just, it's just, it's a mess. It's a lot of gray. I mean, you know, where and you've got, and that leads to, you know, tampering and and a lot of people being involved that don't need to be involved. And, and I think it, more importantly, it distracts from the main thing. And that is our responsibility in college athletics. That is to educate young people. Um, you know, I, I just, I believe that we have to stay focused on the scholastic uh, aspect of college athletics. And, you know, we know 98% of these, these, these young men are not going to play in the pros. And we, we have to equip them. And I think, you know, as we modernize the game, modernize the structure, uh, you know, you know, further share and, and incentivize players, but do it through the, the academic process and, and, and incentivize education and graduation and, and, and all those things. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts and people a lot smarter than me that will figure out. But I do think to do that, you've got to have, a different governance structure uh, because you can't have, you know, we, we, we have a football oversight committee, for example, and, and you know, the, the, the makeup of that is not reflective of the needs uh, from the power five, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's, you know, whether that's good or bad or whatever, that's just the way it is. And then you have the, 
uh, an NCAA council where you know you're, you're you're trying to make soccer the same as football or whatever, and and it's just there's just different worlds, and and I think that uh, there's a real role still for the NCAA, but I do think being able to streamline things and be much more efficient in decisions that need to happen, like that could happen in a day or a, or a week, you know, takes years. And, and that whole process is just, it just doesn't work. And, you know, so that's what I mean by the, the, the more chaos, the better, because I think it ultimately it's driving everything to a better place that we're going to land. When that, when do we get there? I don't know. Is it next year? Is it 24? Is it 2031? As you said there, I don't know. Uh, but I do think, um, there has to be some type of break where things can be done on a timely manner that are reflective um, of the membership. And uh, so it's just, it's just not our reality right now. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I do think college football will get there at some point. And there'll be a lot of smart people. And what does that look like? You know, is there a, is there a commissioner? Is, is, are they, are there leagues or are they divisions? Mm-hmm. You know, as the expansion grows and, uh, you know how all that gets shake, shaken out. A lot of smart people will figure it out, but uh, I know this, man. Um, our, our main objective is to build great men through this game, and and to make sure that we teach them to use the game and not let the game use them. And uh, you know that that has to be the objective. And you know, college athletics provides access and opportunity and relationships and experiences, and 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 you know, opportunities to create life-changing uh, uh, transformation, you know, throughout uh, people's lives. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a great platform. And, and again, uh, a lot of good days ahead. And, sure. You know, sometimes you, you got to go through some stuff, but uh, we're going to get there. Well, I mean, in terms of getting there faster, which you've said a couple of times, a few minutes left here with Dabo Swinney, the Clemson head coach, uh, uh, your domino could blow this thing completely up if you choose or Clemson chooses to tap out of the ACC at some point. And I understand there's television rights and things that uh, make my eyes glaze over. And I'm sure my listeners and viewers as well as your, your eyes glaze over as well. But um, if, if Clemson decides to move on and join another conference, that would speed this process up i think considerably notre dame's another one and you guys play each other by the way get ready for these questions that week leading up to that game too dabbo swinney but (laughs) have how active is clemson on that front right now can you share with us oh man i have no idea i leave that up to the to the to the the people that are involved man we we've been a a charter member of the ACC for a long time. You know, uh, we got a great league. Yeah, there's some complications. There's some, there's some challenges. Um, but again, uh, I think ultimately it's it's going to all be driven by a, a group of people that eventually will get in a room together and put all all feelings aside and do what's best for college football. I think ultimately we'll get there. Um, and I think things where we are right now is 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 probably going to be very different in a couple of years. And we'll probably looking back at today and go, huh, well, I thought this was going to happen and, mm. and it didn't. So I, I don't know about all that stuff. I just know that, you know, my, we, we, my job is to, is to have our team ready and to make sure that, that, that we have a program that, you know, is a, is a model program in college football. And that's what we're going to continue to do, whether, 
whether we're in the ACC, the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the Pac, whatever the or the or the the New World College Football League, I have no idea. Um, man, we're we're gonna Clemson. Clemson is is uh, a special place and gonna always be a special place and and it'll always be one of those programs that's that's gonna you know have a seat at the table. Uh, do you like the twelve? 12- team playoff idea that was uh forwarded and apparently approved do you like that coach well i mean you know i i i'm a traditional college guy and uh you know i'll be honest with you i like the bcs i thought that was just fine and wow. the four was just fine. you like the computers you, know, I think, you like the computers and the I slide rule I, and all those I, you like that I just, you know I, just, I couldn't figure it I out just, i just think that well i think with the governance structure that's one of the reasons why i think there needs to be a new governance structure because having a tournament with a hundred and 31 teams you know for football because football is really not a tournament sport yes and, and you know i think it's it, it waters it down and that's another reason why i think if expansion is what we want then then there has to be some change there you know the nfl has there's a reason why they have 32 teams you know and so um uh it's it is what it is people people want that and and there there's there's some consequences that will come with that i think it's it's going to be great people love college football you know, and, and, and people think that more is better, and, and, and maybe that will be the case, and, and a lot of people can debate. But there will be some consequences with that when it comes to, you know, maybe some, some um, uh, you know, in-season type of things. But uh, I'm excited about it, and, you know, because, again, we all knew this was coming. So the sooner the better, you know, because then we can move on and focus on, you know, what we got to do to manage uh, getting our teams ready and what's the calendar going to look like, how do we, you know, prepare all those things because there will be a lot of change that will come with a 12-team playoff. So it will certainly create more access for more teams. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're, we'll be ready and willing here to to participate in however it shakes out. Before I let you – 12 or 8 or 16 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Before I let you go, uh, do you have a quarterback competition maybe on your hands in your current team? No. We got a a left tackle competition, a receiver competition, a running back competition, a quarterback competition. I mean, this is – we've got, you know, three five-star quarterbacks in our room. And, uh, you know, DJ has, has earned the right to be the starter without question and uh but we got you know Cade has has demonstrated that man you know he he can he can win for us based on what we've seen in practice and then we finally got a chance to get a little bit of game experience but he's certainly uh proven that hey he he deserves the opportunity to play uh you know within within the flow of the game or season as we go and you know so uh nobody has a lifetime contract um uh, you know, in college football, man, you gotta you gotta show up every week, and and you gotta you gotta go prove it and earn it. And I don't think we're any different than than uh, a lot of places out there. But we we're very fortunate, man. We've got really good players. DJ is a is a very talented young man, and and uh, uh, did a lot of good things last week, especially in the second half. And then uh, to be able to get Kate in there was uh, was a blessing too. So. You know, hopefully we can get Hunter Johnson some opportunity as well. He's another, you know, uh, very talented player. So we've got a good situation, and uh, but we certainly have competition at every position, uh, which I think makes us uh, uh, 
you know, a team that, that has an opportunity to compete for this league. And last one for you, Coach. Um, you, I have not seen uh, a quarterback come into the league like Trevor Lawrence and have a set of circumstances around him in his first year quite like what Trevor Lawrence went through last year. Have you spoken with him and um, and connected with him about what happened last year and how this year – I mean, you want to talk about a fresh start, my goodness – I don't even know how you can evaluate oh, yeah. him off of that first season, yeah, quite course. frankly. So, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. I've I've, I've seen him, talked to him, and many times, um, you know, uh, during the season last year, after the season, you know, this preseason. I mean, he he's in a great place. Um, no matter what happens, we all learn and grow from the good and the bad. Right. You know, sometimes you learn more from the bad than the good. Uh, uh, but. Uh, He's uh, he's in a good place and man he's he he loves where they are and I don't have any doubt that he's got um, uh, better days ahead you know with with both individually and then also you know with their team there in Jacksonville so I'm excited to see him get back at it and uh, and he's excited and just like I said he's grown a lot um, and uh, learned a lot again good and bad and uh, he'll build on that. Coach, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, let's connect down the line, if you don't mind, throughout the season. Your 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 Clemson Tigers well positioned after one week. You know it's early on, but uh, I appreciate the sense, the two cents figuratively, and then congratulations on your dollars and cents and your and your long term contract for your family. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. That's Dabo Swinney, the head coach of Clemson football here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we return to the world of professional football. Thomas Dimitrov, who is assistant GM, if I'm not mistaken, once upon a time was named Les Need, who is raising a banner tonight. Lots to talk about with TD, formerly of the ATL, when we come back. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Longtime friend, longtime friend. TD and I go way back. Not to his New England days, his Atlanta general managing days. And I just remember him being here in Los Angeles, California with his right-hand man talking about the future of the Atlanta Falcons. His right-hand man was named Les Snead. And tonight, Les Snead is the general manager of Team Raising a Banner, and he's got a new contract being the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams through 2026. Same thing as Sean McVay is locked up. Joining us here back on the Rich Eisen Show, Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, the host of the GM Journey podcast and so much more, my friend Thomas Dimitrov. What's up, Thomas? Rich, it is so great to hear you, and thanks. It's been a while, and I can't wait to connect. I mean, let's do it. Uh, I mean, you remember that time in Los Angeles? It was you and Les and I were all having a drink, and... And look at Les, man, right? Look at where Les is today. Unbelievable. Look at look at Les, effing them picks, being where he is. He is the maverick GM in this league, and I love it. I he and I talk more regularly now than we probably ever have, and it's been it's been a really enjoyable journey watching him develop and evolve. Man, it's it's really cool, Rich. Well, it's the the, the maverick. I guess you're referring to is the effing of picks that, uh, that right? But it's not all the picks. Clearly, they they make draft choices, and they're important draft choices for him to make and for him and his staff to hit on. But what what uh, are you willing to share with everybody about his general managing and his thinking that's led to tonight's banner raising, Thomas? Well, look. Look, it's a, it's a great point, and, and the way I look at it is, of course, Les knows the importance of personnel, draft-related personnel. He also understands the importance of there are projections. It's one of the most difficult things as a general manager per acquisition. It's projecting in the NCAA into the NFL. And what he has done and his group has done is make sure that they're focusing on the people out there, the free agents that they're acquiring, pay the money for them, don't have any uncertainties about them for the most part. Know what they are and what they aren't as the acquisitions that he's made. And if, if some of those guys aren't, you know, necessarily uh, completely alert in meetings, I won't go on to that. They know what it is, and they know what to expect. They'll get the most out of that player. And then really focus on those mid-rounds and, and try to make sure that you're putting the focus on those mid-rounds, get the guys right at the front of the free agency mode, and I think they have a really, really keen approach to this. It's not just relying on the value of draft picks. It's putting the best team together. And I say this time and again, that general manager in this league, I learned this from Bill Belichick, no question. You know your team better than anyone else. Everyone else can project. Les knows all facets of his team. He knows what's best for he and Coach McVay. And I, I just, again, admiral in his approach. And uh, when did you first meet him? Thomas, when did he first you know, Les, get on your radar? Yeah. It's, it's a great point. Les and I ended up meeting way, way back in the early early years of our career. I'd say, man, almost uh, 25 years ago. And we were, we were close. We got along a lot from the standpoint of fitness and eating food. We weren't, we weren't out there big party guys, but we had a really good interaction with a lot of people in the league. And, and our focus was on football as well as life in general. 
And we, we both always had, a, had an interest in trying to grow and professionally develop. And that's where our friendship grew. We ended up communicating in between those times before we even became partners, you know, at the Atlanta Falcons. And to go into the Falcons and less to be there as my right-hand guy was really, really important at the outset. I needed the right soldiers around me, and Les was great with that early on in that process. Thomas Dimitrov here on the Rich Eisen Show. So um, week one of an NFL season for a general manager. I mean, is, is, is your work pretty much done? Practice squad set? Roster set? You know, I mean, uh, you have to massage the cap a little bit. Maybe you, you get someone to make – I guess I just saw the Steelers got T.J. Watt's deal kind of redone to give him some more cap room. What, what does a week one for a general manager mean right now, Thomas? You know what? Yeah, week one's rich. I think, you know, there, you, you look at your entire roster, you look at your organization, you're really, really focused on week one and kicking it off in the right way. There's been a lot of talk out there about week one. You're hoping that your head coach as a general manager is going to be really creative with week one. And I think week one presents these teams with the opportunity to be creative. They can throw twists into their approach because there's been nothing really revealed for the most part in the preseason, right? So I think that's an important thing. Regarding roster and roster optimization, to me that is vital. You need to not only see what you have in place, but you also need to continue to look out and always be in front of the curve. That's the way I've always uh, perceived it. And I'm sure in this situation, Les does. He looks at what his roster is. He looks at what may be coming up as far as contracts, of course. He's got his staff out on the road already starting their college looks. And he starts putting his mind as a general manager, I'm talking about Les, to see what is out there and what direction he's going to go to fill those ostensible needs down the road uh, with his group. Week one, mm-hmm. pressure laden for sure, but you need to kick it off. It's like It's like... You know, just putting your feet into it all, or dipping your toes into it. Once that starts, you get into a roll. But man, it is pressure laden coming into the first game. And what a what an off season it was. I mean, we were just talking about it, Thomas, uh, in the first hour that this is going to be the the best NFL season ever uh, because that March where we saw retirements and unretirements, and we saw top notch A list players on the move at quarterback, wide receiver. Um, and Bobby Wagner being the last, I guess, move of March. Now he's between Aaron Donald and and Jalen Ramsey. Which of the March moments, free agent signings, acquisitions, trades, retirement, unretirement, do you think um, is the most impactful for the season where you as a GM get ready for your GM Journey podcast and everything else going on in your world? You're like, that's the one. That's the one that's the difference maker. Which one? Wow. Well, that, there are so many out there, there Rich, that, I, that I looked at. Like you said, I mean, they are, it's an amazing year. It's fun to watch now stepping back and to be able to take it all in. But you may only well, choose one, real- Thomas. You may only choose one. That is the construct. I'm putting you in the box. This is Sports Talk Radio for crying out loud. What do you got for me? <laughs> I, I mean, Russell Wilson, my all eyes are, are on at so many levels on that. If you're referring to something like that, yes. it, goes way, it goes way beyond the acquisition for George Payton and the Broncos to do the, what they perceived as the right thing, to know the, the, the repercussions of what's going on in Seattle with John Snyder and company, that is another big, big deal. That, there's, a, there's so much going on there, how it's going to affect the rest of the division, how it's truly going to affect the perception of quarterbacks into their 30s and the payment and the numbers that are going involved. This, to me, is a really interesting crossroads for this week. I go all the way back to when I pulled the trigger on Matt Ryan to give him his final contract 
uh, when I was there, and we we had everyone different different levels saying, you know, he only give him, you know, two point nine five percent or twenty nine and a in a quarter, and you know, making that decision to go up to thirty million, knowing that right around the corner in the next two months, someone's going to jet past him. This league is amazing where the money is at all levels, not only with quarterbacks in this situation, with general managers and head coaches. It's amazing to see it. I think Russell Wilson is the one I'm watching the closely at all levels. Well, and then, of course, the Deshaun Watson contract having so many ripple effects, even though Arizona, number with, with one quarterback, and then Denver with another, with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, did not fully guarantee the entire deal the first two. Uh, so how do you see that playing out with Eric DaCosta and Lamar Jackson, who set a Friday deadline on getting something done? What's your sense of there? Yeah, and that's, a, that's an interesting one to watch. They know how important that quarterback is. I, I mean, personally, I see him playing out. They want to get that deal done, and they should want to get that deal done. He, he offers so much to that organization. Of course, there are creative elements that come with a, a quarterback like Lamar. They also know there are challenges. Hopefully they can have the right people around them. I love that organization. I think they're so well thought out. And, and, of course, Eric's going to do the right thing, and I think it's, it's taking care of business as it needs to be done. So what is what do you think it is? What's your, what's your assessment of what the holdup is? Because you've you got, again, uh, a contract like Watson sitting out there, and then you've got a player representing himself. Uh, I imagine you've never had something like that you dealt with back in your day. But what, what is the issue? best you can tell you know per, yeah i, I personally again i think the issue is making sure that they again they realize the value of this this quarterback of course right and they just want to make sure again you know not dealing with agent i have not i have not dealt with that before that is that is new to me but the idea of being able to jump in and say we are committing for x amount of years to a system and an approach that we know we're going to have to approach with this type of a quarterback uh i think that weighs on their mind I don't think it's that easy, although I think it's really, really important for them to, to check the box on and make sure it's done here. Thomas Dimitrov, I'd like you to put your Belichick whisperer hat on, knowing him or being around him for as much as you were back in the day. What do you think is going on with the play calling there? I mean, all of New England is freaking out going into this number two season for Mac Jones, after a remarkable first year making the playoffs as a rookie, and Josh McDaniels not being there, handing the play calling off to two guys he knows very well, or one guy he knows very well, <laughs> and and handing it off to somebody who's never done it before. What do you think his thinking is right now, Thomas? I believe that you know Bill has a very good understanding of what's around him, and that's one of the things that Bill has always had always taught anyone that comes to there. You know your group, you know your intelligence. First of all, I don't think Bill gives a flip about what any of us think about this. We all know that. And secondly, I think even though there's a whole bunch of banter out there about who should take the lead on it, I think Bill knows deep down that he's going to be the, the overview of all of this. He's got two really important and smart people in that role. Whether they're defensive-minded or offensive-minded, I was curious to see how that was going to play out, um, and I really believe that you know he wants a little bit of the mystery to it. Bill never wants to, uh, if I may speak about him. Yeah. I don't think he ever wants to reveal anything. He wants to, there to be a little bit of mystery to it, so that people can't point to any different uh, any elements of play calling leading into this season. But wouldn't it be? I guess I I, I, I shall have the temerity to question. Wouldn't it be more sensible to get somebody who has done it before 
and bring that person in and teach them the Patriot way, the Belichick way, rather than bringing in somebody who's fully versed on the Patriot way and the Belichick way and handing them the reins of a very important season for their sophomore year quarterback, Thomas. Yes, I just think with Coach Belichick, I think his approach has always been he knows best, and he's going to be putting his group in the in the right situation as they are. And whoever ends up, whoever he ends up pulling the trigger on the play calling, he's got a plan for that already. And and I can't sit there and sort of you know project why he's doing it necessarily, but for the fact that he knows best. He he's already had those guys. I'm I'm sure you know, on the board many, many times talking about how they would approach it. And I think he's extremely confident with his intelligence level there. And in the end, I mean, Bill is Bill. Bill Bill does not think, I believe, that there's anyone in the league that can co- go toe-to-toe with him per, you know, the logistics and the, the play calling of his team. Last one for you, Thomas. Um, I'm going to give you another sports talk radio question. So here we go. You can only choose one roster, the Super Bowl winning roster. What do you take? You, you you can take one roster on the National Football League and say, I will take that roster to win it all. Which roster is it entering week one? What do you got? Look, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of both <laughs> the game tonight, and I'm a big fan of the Bills, and I just think I love where the Bills are right now. I love what they're doing with Brandon Bean at the lead of it all. I know this isn't roster-related. I love what they're doing with Sean, you know, with Sean McDermott as a coach GM Bill. That's a big thing for me. Where they are on the roster with Josh Allen, of course, Stephon Diggs. I mean, look, I just think they are rounded and they have the approach that they know about. They're going to come with a lot of fierceness to them, and uh, I think I think they are they are gung ho and very very focused to come in and kick a lot of ass in this situation. So, I'd go with them. You like the Bills, just like I mean, everybody's on them, and I, I'm one. Yeah. I'm, I'm on them too, Thomas. I'm on them too. You just look at the way that they are rostered and put together. And then what beats inside when they actually play the game, um, it's just it's tough not to take them. It really is, you know? I agree. I think, again, you know, what they're facing, any team coming in with that background and their approach and what they're putting their money into mm-hmm. and how they're looking at things and understanding the importance of morale and growth and evolution, that's been fun watching that. And anytime anyone's put together a winning type of team, there is there are so many layers. Rarely, in my mind, is it luck. Of course, the ball has to bounce your way. But again, you're not only talking about the roster itself. You're talking about how the organization is set up. And uh, I just think the Bills are a class organization with a lot of upside, of course. By the way, I lied. I have one more. I always have one more. Uh, you want to take your best guess on the, the first situation where a rookie's going to start? You got something for me there? What do you, what's your best guess? Uh-huh. Could it be your old spot? Could it be your old spot? Pittsburgh? Could it possibly be Tennessee? Washington? What do you got for me on that? Uh, I think it's Pittsburgh. I think I think they're well. It's not Pittsburgh, right? No, I don't think so. Uh, let me go. Let me jump around here. Sure, go ahead. Let's talk. Let's talk. Eventually, Pittsburgh. You talking on on day one? No, talking I'm talking about, about, about which game? you know. In, invariably, the rookie drafted rookie gets a shot. Um, what do you What do you think? Where yeah. Where do you think the first one is? There is it, Desmond Ritter. In your old spot, could it be Trubisky sitting because they they think Pickett's ready? Um, could it be Sam Howell uh, in Washington? Could it be Malik Willis who looked terrific in the preseason? But it is preseason. That's uh, the, I guess those are your options yeah, right yeah. now. You know? you know these are great. Rich, I, I look. I'm going to stay in Atlanta since I'm sitting here down the street from the stadium, and I will say Ritter. I think 
Marcus Mariota, great soul, as you know, great person. Yes. That's a, that organization, I think, believes they know what they have in Marcus, and they know they need to start getting this organization their heads around a growing you know, prospect for the future. And like we did with Matt Ryan way back, we were very creative with how we, we put him on the scene early. Mm-hmm. We made sure we surrounded him with the right people. They've done a nice job, you know, Terry Fontenot and co., as far as putting together that offensive group. After coming off some major moves with, with the receiver group leaving, of course, and Matt Ryan leaving. I mean, there's a lot around this organization that needs to help Ritter grow, understand the need to increase their run game or improve their run game. That is vital. And I think they're going to go after that a little bit into the season and realize what they have in Desmond. Speaking of growing uh, and, uh, and, and you know, making the most of things, um, what's going on with Sumer Sports? You, you're involved in an analytics startup along with your podcast? Is that what you're doing, TD? I am. Yeah, I am. I, uh, Rich, the, the podcast itself, very quickly, GM Journey, oh. I love that. I, I set out last year to, to go out and you know, interview 16 or 17 in the spirit of professional development. I didn't want to like end up in Burgundy drinking like French wine all offseason, so I thought I'd go out and spend time with, with my contemporaries and had a great time there, learned a lot. That was a great venture adventure that I had there and a lot of really cool stuff to share. And by, by the way, let me add, and I am defending my GM brethren here, I think too often in this league, the general managers are marginalized. The general managers bring so much to the table, so much insight and intelligence and direction for this league. And I think too often the owners, the head coach, the quarterback take the stage. And I understand that there is a lot to glean from these GMs. So very, very important as we're moving forward. And oh, by the way, yes, sir. a whole other topic. You get a GM and you get a head coach. That, that salary gap is huge right now. That's a whole other topic of conversation. Head coaches should be making a lot of money. I get it. There should not be the gap that there is, generally speaking, between the two in my mind. That's one thing. Sumer Sports, if you don't mind me asking or, or, or adding, Sumer is a, is a startup company that I, that I joined about seven or eight months ago. Uh, I'm really excited about being involved with it. Where the world is right now in the league and the evolving elements of, of data analytics, roster optimization is, is really uh, key to me and dear to my heart. I think there's a lot to learn and a lot to grow in that area. And quite honestly, versus me going and having an opportunity to be, you know, an assistant GM somewhere, a consultant for one of my buddies at a team, I, I can learn a lot more in this world for now if there ever were to be another opportunity on my doorstep. Thomas, you're the best man. Uh, let's, uh, let's stay in touch throughout the season. I'd love to get your thoughts on what we're about to witness. Thanks for the time, brother. Thank you so much, brother. That's Thomas Dimitrov. Check out his podcast, the GM Journey podcast right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll take a break. Jameis Winston with a new take on the children's hit, Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. And more of your phone calls. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased 
in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. We're back here on our terrestrial radar outfit. When you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, guess what? Life gets better. It gets better because the one big thing that gets better is buying a car. See, Navy Federal created a fully loaded car buying experience for you where you can finance, buy, protect, and even enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place. They offer great auto loan rates, too. And your pre-approval is good for 90 days, so you can know what you can afford while you shop. You can even shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar. Also, you can get exclusive member savings with Carfax, Sirius XM, and more. And because it's Navy Federal, they're always available with 24-7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash car buying. That's NavyFederal.org slash car buying. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Lost amongst the Tom Brady hoopla. <laughs> And the Baker and the and the Baker Mayfield hoopla <laughs> in the NFC South is the fact that the New Orleans Saints are moving forward with Jameis Winston. In case you're wondering if Jameis Winston knows his body, because that's the question. How's he coming back from his knee injury? If you're wondering, does he know his body? Because again, he's rehabbing that knee. He sure does. All I know is this is the greatest, either the greatest biology lesson ever or a new children's tune hit based on the head, shoulders, knees, and toes theme song that uh, we all know. Jameis Winston yesterday on his body. I learned so much about my body when... Uh, I have the ACL, just the importance of other parts of your body being overcompensated because you're overusing something else. So uh, just a holistic body, everything about your body, you have to be able to work certain things just because my knee hurt. That doesn't mean that I need to work my knee. I need to work my hips, right? I need to work my ankles. Uh, and you, you got certain things that are, we're, we're all like, it's, our body is so symmetrical, right? You got, you got your wrists, you know, and then you, what are your wrists on the bottom half? Your ankles, you know, you got your shoulders up top. What are your shoulders? Your hips, you know what I'm saying? You got your elbows. What are your elbows? Your knees, right? Like, so uh, it's symmetrical and you just got to work different parts. So so from now on, he's amazing. Refer to your ankles around here as your bottom wrists (laughs) and your elbows as your top knees. Can you write, you want to write it down so you remember? Hey, that, the high ankle, lower wrist sprain. 
Matt Stafford's knees are fine. What he had surgically repaired was his upper knee. His throwing upper knee. His throwing upper knee, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of makes it sound like he was nauseous. So Jimmy's throwing so, upper knee. Wait, so Jimmy had non throwing hip surgery? Yes, he did. No, no, no non throwing oh, upper, upper hip, hip surgery. surgery. Right. Again, you should write it down. It can be very confusing. Very, con- very confusing. But symmetrical. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. So Jesus. what you do, what you do, he was eating W's with his upper toes. Back in the day. You know what? And <laughs> I'm going to say it. And Rex Ryan loves his lower fingers. <laughs> loves it. The lower f- the lower, lower hands. The he lower loves, hands. He loves lower hands. Oh, I thought the fingers. Well, he, now, well he's more of lower, a he's, he's more of a lower hand guy. <laughs> he's more of a lower hand guy, I think. Oh, <laughs> lower hands, and those are his upper toes eating W's, which, as we also know, upside down M's. <laughs> Oh, this is a blast. Football's back. Hey. And Jameis Winston is teaching biology and symmetry. Just in time for kickoff. <laughs> Jameis is a comedic gift that keeps on giving. Head, upper hips, lower elbows, and lower hands. Lower hands. Head. Upper, 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 upper hips, upper hips, lower elbows, and lower, lower hands, fingers. lower fingers. Yeah, yeah. Right? Eyes and ears and mouth, mouth and, and nose, head, upper, upper hips, lower elbows, lower fingers, lower elbows, lower fingers. The people don't have kids because me and TJ are looking at each other like, what do you got? You don't here? know this song? You don't no. know head, shoulders, knees, head, and toes? Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Nope. Mike, you're an uncle, aren't you? Come Dive. on. <laughs> Eyes and ears and mouth and nose. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a chance. Not a chance. Oh, my God. What are you doing over there that you're not even in this thing? What are you doing? He's just TJ's like, what, what are you doing? doing? You're looking at your fantasy team? You drafted in Ashton's barn the other night. As I just put on the chat, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> By the way, if people think that guy's going to be a playoff quarterback, I have you no damn well can be, and I cannot wait to a Super Bowl media day where he's teaching biology <laughs> and then expanding out to chemistry. <laughs> Do not underestimate that man. We're back with more in a moment. <laughs>